Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Eagles. I'm Devin Caney. Today's episode will be mostly previewing the Eagles Week 5 matchup at Carolina. So before we jump into what's ahead with Eagles insider John McMullen, let's do a quick recap. Birds are coming off their third straight loss, sorry to remind you guys, after losing 42-30 to the Chiefs at home last Sunday. They kept the game competitive early, but a number of mistakes eventually amounted to a loss. The Eagles had three, yes, three touchdowns had taken off the board due to penalties and settled for field goals in the red zone. And the defense didn't have any answers whatsoever for one of the most powerful offenses in the NFL. That being said, there were some bright spots for the Birds. Our makeshift offensive line actually did fairly well considering the circumstances. Devontae Smith had a 122-yard game and our tight ends got more action. And of course, Jalen Hurts played much better than what we saw in Dallas. So it's a frustrating game to watch, but my guest John McMullen thinks the Eagles will surprise us all in Carolina. I hope he's right. He's coming up right after this message. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Believe B L E A to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I mean, first and foremost, how are you feeling heading into this game against the Panthers? Because I think most Eagles fans would say that they're not feeling too optimistic at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit opposite. I I have not, Devin, I have not picked the Eagles to win this season yet. I didn't even pick them in Atlanta. This is the first time I'm going to pick them to win the game. Really? Um, yeah, it's just a feel. I, I think it's Carolina more than more than the Eagles. Like, I think the Panthers think they're a contender and if you look okay. at their schedule they've beaten the jets they've beaten houston which are two arguably the two worst teams in football the cowboys the score didn't look that, that bad but they were much like the eagles they were getting blown out and they scored a little bit late and all of a sudden they're trading for stefan gilmore and i think they <laughs> think they're a contender and i don't think they are and i think they're they're feeling a little bit too haughty about themselves, and I think the Eagles are going to surprise them. What are three keys to beating Carolina? Well, their offensive line is not good. That's probably the weakest part of their team, and they're down their starting left tackles. So we talk about the Eagles and all their offensive line issues, but mm-hmm. the Eagles have the one thing you can say. They have tremendous depth on the offensive line, and you saw it. Those guys aren't yeah. as good as – you know, Lane Johnson when he's in there and Isaac Samalo and Brandon Brooks. But the guys that are in there, Jack Driscoll last week and Nate Herbig and obviously Landon Dickerson, they're they're competent. Yeah, the, I called it the makeshift O-line and, and they were surprisingly good, I thought, against yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, they were not the reason they lost that game. No. So Carolina is the exact opposite. They do not have any offensive linemen when their offensive linemen are healthy. And 
They're down their left tackle. So you need something from Derek Barnett. You need something from Josh Sweat this week. I think that's number one. Uh, number two, I think they have to figure out what they want to be on the defensive side of the football. Obviously, I, I joke that, you know, for people that want to jump off buildings and the defense is terrible. <laughs> the best part of the Chiefs game is they no longer have to play the Chiefs. So there's no more Patrick Mahomes on the schedule. No more Tyree kills. DJ Moore's a good player, but he's not Tyreek Hill. Sam Darnold's having a good year, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. So other teams just aren't as good offensively as the Chiefs. So I think that's mm. a little bit self-correcting. But they've been playing to stop the big plays, passing plays on defense. And they've done that for the most part, but they keep getting gouged in the running game. They have to mm. find a better kind of 50-50 split on that. And I think, you know, Nick Sirianni always talks about you got to win the turnover battle. You got to win the explosive play battle. So the second part of that, the Eagles offense has to get some explosive plays. And I think we saw some positive signs from Devontae Smith, and that's got to continue. I mean, has Jonathan Gannon made any mention of making any changes to the defensive scheme? Because the Eagles defense, yes, they played this zone that prevents these big plays, but we've been absolutely getting crushed in the run game when it comes to defense. So has he said anything about working on that or? I mean, I think it's just their philosophy. I think part of it is personnel related. They don't have good linebackers. Let's be honest. I mean, I think we all like Alex Singleton, great guy, great story, but you know, he's not Devin white. If you, if you think about Jonathan Gannon's history, when he was in Minnesota, they had Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks and, when he was in Indianapolis, he had Darius Leonard. He doesn't have that type of player. So, you know, who are you going to put in the game? T.J. Edwards, Sean Bradley. He's tried all different kinds of combinations. I think the positive part is the negative part. I, I wasn't concerned with Dallas, Devin, because they like to run the football. They want to run the football. And they're good at running the football. So I kind of chalked that up as, oh, well, then Kansas City, anybody who's been around Philadelphia for a minute, Andy Reid doesn't even want to run the football, <laughs> and he got 200 yards. He doesn't even want to do it, but it was so easy he did it. So yeah. that was more of a concern for me. Now let's focus on what we do have, our players. I think Jordan Mailata is going to play right tackle, not left tackle. Huh. Um Now, a lot of that – now Jordan is practicing in a limited fashion. He's got a big knee brace. So I think that's the Eagles plan, but A, he's got to get cleared medically. So that's another part of it. If he plays right tackle, then Jack Driscoll will play right guard. They'll keep Andre Dillard at left tackle, Landon Dickerson at left guard, and obviously Jason Kelsey. Um, That's what I think the plan is going to be. Obviously, Lane, if, if he makes it back, he's a veteran player. In theory, you could just throw them in there. If that's the case, he'll obviously play right tackle. Jack Driscoll would kick inside the right guard. And then Jordan Mailata would play left tackle if healthy. And Andre Dillard would go to the bench. But And I know this is musical chairs, and I hope everybody kept that <laughs> uh, straight. But I think you're going to see Jordan Mailata at right tackle. And it's interesting to me because Jordan's 
the guy who picked up football four years ago, never played the game in his life. And they're like, Hey, Jordan, go play right tackle. And he's, he's like, all right, all right, mate. I can't do an Australian accent, but where is, you know, Andre Dillard, he doesn't want to play the right side and he probably can't play the right side. So it's the best way to go. But he's been playing his whole life. You know what? Andre Dillard, uh, I I heard someone saying he had a good game against the Chiefs. I just, the penalties are killing me. me. Probably me. (laughs) Was it you? I don't know. He did play well. He He did did, play well. well. Yeah, except for the one major penalty he got. Didn't he call, wasn't he responsible for calling back one of the touchdowns? Yes. Uh, But even Nick Sirianni said it wasn't his fault. Um, That was an RPO. So you have to understand from an from an RPO standpoint, which is run pass option, obviously, mm-hmm. offensive linemen are blocking run. They're blocking a running play. And the NFL, and this is different from college. You can get down the field about three yards in college. You can only get a yard and a half in the NFL. So it's been a point of emphasis. Defensive coaches have been complaining. They haven't called it for years. It's unfair, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden they're calling it and it's just a timing issue where the football's got to come out. If it's mm-hmm. going to be a pass, it's got to come out. The offensive linemen don't know. They're just told to block. So Nick Sirianni said it's not Andre's fault. It's a timing issue. They got to get that corrected. And that's why the Eagles didn't blame him on that penalty. So it's kind of hard. If it, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, even if you get called for a penalty, coaches aren't going to hold that against you. All right. All right. Fair. Um, again, sunshine and rainbows, John, always. This is why you've got your McMullen Mafia. Um, <laughs> well, this is a perfect segue into another topic that has come up a lot this week regarding the Eagles. Uh, you know, you mentioned older vet players like Lane Johnson versus these younger, newer guys like Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard. Um, the Eagles are going through a sort of a youth movement, you know, even with their coaching staff, but then they do still have these older players. And one of those players is Fletcher Cox. Uh, and he's just a, an example of, you know, some people may be calling for them to move on from their older talent because Fletcher Cox, uh, hasn't been performing well. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And I think this is why Jonathan Gannon has it a little bit tougher than Nick Sirianni. If you think about Nick, On the offensive side of the ball, his playmakers, most of his playmakers are all very young players, starting with Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. Tight ends have been here. But the defensive players, particularly Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay, they've had success and high-level success under previous regimes, previous coordinators, in Slay's case, previous teams. Um. In, in, in a different scheme. So uh, Pletcher mentioned playing four-eye technique, which is um, he's used to playing three technique. Four is sort of a two-gap instead of a one-gap. Um, and, and on paper, at least, it doesn't look like they're taking advantage of what Pletcher Cox does well. Plus, he's got he's coming off five years with Jim Swartz, who basically said, just play three technique, wreck the game. And he enjoyed it. Mm. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he liked to do. Now he's being asked to do different things, maybe a, a little bit more of a disciplined approach, a disciplined pass rush. 
And I got to tell you, Devin, he does not like it. Um, and when you have veteran players and Darius Slay, you probably saw Darius on social media when people are, are ripping him and saying it wasn't me mm-hmm. against Kansas. And he was right, by the way. It wasn't him. He had a good game, actually, probably the only defensive player mm. who could say that. And he's a, he's a man coverage corner, and they're asking him to play zone constantly, and he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jonathan Gannon's sort of in a more difficult position because he has veteran players who've had success playing differently. And when you start to lose games, like the Eagles are losing games, I'm not saying the slippery slope. I'm not saying they're on it, but they're right at the top. And if it continues to go in a negative fashion, especially with guys like Bletch and, and Darius, it could get ugly. Well, what it, can you expand on that? Because, you know, then it, isn't it kind of on the players to adapt to their coach's scheme? Um, I mean, I know Fletch is incredible at, at his position, or at least has been aside from this season. So I know he holds leverage here, but it's at the end of the day, they're the players and Jonathan Gannon is the coach. So what happens on the slippery slope? I guess what I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, and, and people go when, when Chip Kelly was here, Fletch played a lot of five technique, which is similar to what he's doing with poor eye. Um, But he didn't like that either, but he was Mm. a young player um, at the time. He wasn't as accomplished. Now he's a six time pro bowler. I think a five-time All-Pro playing three technique, which is what he wants to play. Now he's still doing it. He hasn't gotten obstinate to this point. I'm I'm just saying you could see the frustration this week for the first time. Okay. And if it continues to go in that direction, then you could see it boiling over. Same thing with Slay. Now Slay is a little bit different because Slay has this giant personality and he's Mm -hmm. just – He's just kind of a goofball to begin with. So he's always (laughs) going to talk. He's always going to talk trash, so to speak. But he does play like playing man coverage. And he's being asked to play a lot of zone. And then, you know, Jody McDonald and I had Ryan Paganetti on Birds 365 this morning, former Eagles assistant. And he said, you know, from a team's perspective, why are you paying Darius Slay all this money as a great coverage corner and you're playing zone? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying, I have more questions on the defensive side than the offensive side right now. Yeah. I mean, I think especially after the last two games, a lot of people have many questions and concerns about the defense, but uh, I do want to ask you about the offense. Um, I know, you know, some of your thoughts and opinions on Jalen hurts, but, uh, Jalen hurts had a pretty good game, at least I think against the chiefs. Um, but I saw an interesting stat from John Kincaid on 97.5. He said over 75% of Eagles plays are going through Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts is essentially a rookie quarterback. So I want your opinion on if that is too much pressure. For Jalen Hurts right now? Well, I think in general, um, most plays go through the quarterback number one, no mm. matter what city. The, the, what, what's going to spike Jalen Hurts and it spikes with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, uh, Kyler Murray in Arizona. When, when you have that running threat, 
and Jalen also leads the Eagles in rushing, more stuff is going to go through you because it's the passing game and the running game. So part of that is sort of baked in just from the type of player. It probably is a little bit too much. Um, you, we've talked about you want to get Miles Sanders the football a little bit more, get more of the traditional running game involved. But, I mean, just the type of player he is, because he's a threat doing both things, you got to run your offense through him. So you probably want to knock that down by 10%, but not much. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, 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 he's the guy. I mean, as long as he's starting quarterback, he's obviously going to throw the football. And he's on pace to rush for 1,000 yards. So all mm-hmm. of that is not bad unless you look at it and say, how do you last for – um, 17 games with that kind of traffic, so to speak, of handling the football that much, that could be a legitimate concern, but mm-hmm. he runs the football. So all running quarterbacks are going to have that added burden right. because they're part of the running game as well. Right. Well, when you talk about the running game after the Cowboys game, it was kind of like, where was the run? Where was the run? They ran it a little bit more uh, against the Chiefs on Sunday. Has that been addressed again this week with the coaching staff? I mean, it it's constantly mentioned because they lean on this, you know, <laughs> which is kind of goofy. But if you call an RPO, again, a run pass option, we consider that a run. Um, mm-hmm. That's the Eagles. That's Nick Sirianni. Well, if Jalen Hurts pulls the football, even if he reads it correctly and throws the football, it's not a run. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to have a tough time selling that to fans watching the game. And we go back to. Dallas and two touch, two running touches for, for Miles Sanders. Um, but part of it is, again, it's, it's Dallas and Kansas city. So those are the two weeks we're talking about. And those are two of the top five offenses in football. I think Kansas city is certainly number one. I think Dallas is going to be in the top five. They're both really explosive. They both got the lead. The Eagles are playing from behind. They don't want to play from behind. So I think some of the numbers are skewed and they will start to even out because, again, the best part of that Kansas City game is that it's over and they're no longer (laughs) on the schedule. Yeah. So people don't give enough credit to Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in in Kansas City and Andy Reid as well. That's the best offense in football. You don't have to worry about that and think Sam Darnold's going to do the same thing. He's not. Mm -hmm. All right. I like it. All right, John. Well, thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, I know you said you are thinking you're optimistic about our game against Carolina. Uh, Can I get a score prediction? You know, I put it, I hate picking scores this early, but I had to do it for Philly boys. So I have to stick with it. <laughs> I, I picked the Eagles 23, the Panthers 22. So really Ooh, close, but okay. I, I like to pick weird scores now because the two point conversions and all that. Yeah. 23, 22 Eagles. First time I picked the Eagles all year. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully you're right. Um, and I'm going to write that down. So when we have you on the post game show, we can revisit that. And I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be wrong, but I'm sure you won't bring it up. (laughs) All right. Thank you again to John McMullen. And that's going to do it for this episode of Believe in Eagles. Hopefully next time we're talking about a win. It feels like it's been forever since that first win over the Falcons. And of course, this podcast is presented by Bet Online. I'm Devin Caney. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.